You are listening to the Vibrant Life Podcast, episode 32. The Vibrant Life. Hey you, how's it going? (laughs) I'm Emily Romrell and this is the Vibrant Life Podcast. I hope you all have had a great week. I'm doing good. I busted out my fall decorations. Yes, I am one of those people. (laughs) And I don't have too many decorations, honestly, just a couple of leafy garlands and a scarecrow, but I love changing things up and getting ready for the next season of the year. And I love all of the fun things that go with the different seasons. And fall is probably my favorite. I love watching the leaves change color. I love the cool, crisp air and wearing cute sweaters. I like pumpkin spice, all of that stuff. So I'm really happy for this next little season coming up. And as I've said before, every season has its own joy. To me, it always feels like the last few months of the year are crammed with as much joy as possible. It's a final push to make the most out of the year, right? And if you are looking for some help to finish out 2021 in style, now is the time to order your Vibrant Life Goal Planner. <laughs> After a bit of personal study, I actually looked at a lot of different things um, and I created a system around core values and living each day deliberately and I made a goal planner. So it really helps me. I think it would probably help you too if you're looking for some more organization in your life. And you can find a link to the planner in the show notes or you can go to my website, emilyromrell.com. So there's that. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a quick review. That helps so much to make the show more visible to new people. And as always, don't forget to tell your family and friends about the podcast. Thank you so much for helping to share the love. Okay, I'm psyched about the topic this week. You know, fall is a season of change, and a lot of us have gone through some pretty tough and are still experiencing some difficult changes since COVID and over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the world and I know personally things have been tough for me and I found myself going back to a really wonderful book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And this is one of those life changer books, guys, and I think everyone should read it. I'll put a link to the book in the show notes. Uh, But seriously, peeps, if you can wrap your head around some of these principles that she teaches in the book, you will be able to find a higher level of peace and self-confidence that you might not have believed was possible. The concepts are simple, but it can be difficult to truly apply them in your life. And I think that's pretty common with most true principles in life, right? It takes practice, no one's perfect, and you shouldn't expect perfection from yourself. That's a road to misery, I know, but if you work at it and these thought processes become kind of a habit, then you will be much happier. And uh, so I guess I just want to say it's important to be gentle with yourself when you're doing this kind of work. So uh, onward and upward, let's talk a little bit about the background of the author, Byron Katie, in her book, Loving What Is. So um, she's pretty awesome, actually. I just really admire her. In her 40s, she had three kids and a second husband, and things were not going well. Her marriage was not in a good place. Her relationship with her kids was rocky, and she was extremely depressed. She had some different addictions that she was battling, and so you can gather that she was pretty dang miserable, right? 
And side note, whenever I learn about stories like this, it really gives me hope. And I hope it does for you too. I think that we all suffer in different ways as humans, right? And the big question is always why? Why do we have to go through so many hard things? And I definitely don't have all the answers, but I do know this, that experience of suffering is the only road to true compassion for others. And when you've suffered, it's sort of like you've earned this invisible badge of courage. And that badge gives you the power to love others and have compassion for the people in your life that you simply wouldn't have without that suffering. So um, I think that is a big reason why we have to go through hard things. Maybe not the only reason, definitely not the only reason, but a big one. And Byron Katie has absolutely got this love and compassion for the people that she helps. And if you get the audio version of the book, you can actually hear it in her own voice. And that adds a layer of validity to everything she does, because we know that she's experienced some heart-wrenching things, so we, so we can relate to her. And because she's been able to lift herself out of those hard times, we believe that we can do it too, right? That's really powerful. Anyway, Byron Katie checked herself into a women's center kind of a group home situation and she describes herself as self-loathing in a sort of super depressed almost zombie-like state and she was at the center for about two weeks without a lot of change but then after two weeks she woke up and she had this amazing spiritual epiphany and it was just like a light had switched in her brain and she suddenly saw everything differently and more clearly and in this life-changing moment she recognized that her thoughts caused her suffering and she was able to separate her thoughts from what was really happening. So eventually she had this big experience and that spiritual awake spiritual awakening evolved into her life's work and she began to teach a new way of thinking to help others. And it is really amazing, my friends. And she literally calls this thought process the work. And you can learn more by going to her website, which is thework.com. <laughs> and there are some really great resources that are free that she offers there. So definitely check out that. Um, all the credit really for this podcast and this process goes to Byron Katie. So I want to make sure I give credit where credit's due, but I really wanted to share this with you guys. And I'm just going to kind of run through the work with you because it seriously is so good. And, uh, Byron Katie, she calls the work inquiry, or and she also calls it a form of meditation. Basically, this is a way to be curious and to try and look at tough situations from a place of reflection and not from a place of self-judgment or a place of judgment of other people, right? That's really important. So um, she has a worksheet you can download. I also have a link on my website um, in the show notes. It's called uh, Judge... It's called the Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet. And it helps kind of just really define what's going on in specific situations. It's kind of like a big brain dump where you can kind of just let things go. You don't have to worry about being polite or coming off as petty or wrong. All you do is just let your emotions flow from inside you down to your fingertips out through the pen as you answer the questions. And uh, I also wanted to point out to you that your neighbor that you're writing about in the sheet could be yourself. Um, sometimes it's hard when you write about yourself, so she tries to kind of focus on others at first, but um, it also could be yourself or different things as well. So it's really helpful kind of a way to just take a step back and look at things 
Um, so let's just take an example straight from the sheet. So in this situation, um, it asks, number one, in this situation, who angers, confuses, hurts, saddens, or disappoints you and why? And the, the example is, I'm angry with Paul because he lied to me. Second question, in this situation, how do you want him or her to change? What do you want him or her to do? I want Paul to see that he's wrong, and I want him to stop lying to me. Side note, this is the question number two that I usually really struggle with. Uh, there's that quote that says, expectation is the root of all heartache, and that is so true for me. I can be really stubborn, and I want my expectations to be real, and that can be a big roadblock. For, you know, you, you want things to be how they should be rather than how they are. So this question is really helpful in defining those wants and expectations into words. And then when you get the words out, you can really be deliberate in how you choose how you want to move forward. So anyway, um, that's number two. What would you want him to change or what do you want them to do? Number three, in this situation, what advice would you offer him or her? He or she shouldn't or should do blank so Paul shouldn't frighten me with this behavior. He should take a deep breath. And then number four is in order for you to be happy in this situation, what do you need him or her to think, say, feel, or do? And then it would be in the example, I need Paul to stop talking over me. I need him to really listen to me. And then the fifth question is, what do you think of him or her in this situation? Make a list. And again, she says it's okay to be petty and judgmental in this part of the process. Just be honest in how you feel. So you might think like Paul is a liar, arrogant, loud, dishonest, unconscious. Um, and then six, the number six question is, what is it about this person and situation that you don't ever want to experience again? I don't ever want Paul to lie to me again. I don't ever want to be disrespected again. So, you know, that's a really good way to kind of just get everything out that you might be thinking and feeling through those questions. And then you actually do the work on those feelings and thoughts, right? Now that you kind of got them out in the open. So the, the work is four questions and you can just run through the questions for each of these statements and that's super helpful when you're kind of going through a painful situation but sometimes you might not have the time maybe you just need one belief and you want you have one thought that you're working on in the moment um, you can just run through the work of these four questions as well you obviously don't have to do this whole big worksheet before and if you need to take a time out or you're right in the heat of things um, the, she does have another worksheet that's one belief out of it one belief at a time. Wow, I'm having a hard time talking on this podcast. <laughs> one belief at a time. And uh, that kind of just takes one sentence right off the minute. Or once you kind of get the practice going, then, you know, you can just kind of run these these questions through in your head. But thanks for your patience with me, guys. Uh, my mouth is struggling right now. <laughs> but uh, okay, so let's just go again with the first thing. I'm angry with Paul because he lied to me. The first question in the work is, is it true? And this is a yes or no question. There's no right or wrong answer. 
So don't try to defend yourself with a big explanation. What's the gut reaction? Is it true or is it not true? Um, and then you continue on with that first belief, Paul lied to me. The second question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? So most of the time people will say yes on number one because that's how they feel, right? Is it true? Yes, of course Paul lied to me. Um, and then again, there's no right or wrong, um, but the second question really helps us be a little bit more logical. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Maybe Paul did lie to you. Maybe there's like clear evidence that he lied and the answer is yes. Um, but is there a chance that he's telling the truth? You know, maybe this is a separate example. Maybe you're angry because your train was late and you missed your friend's big going away party or something. So if you ask yourself if it's true that the train was late, obviously the answer is yes, right? Um, and so maybe the answer with Paul is obviously yes. But many times we make assumptions that really hurt us. <laughs> There's an old joke that my mom really doesn't like, but kind of makes me smile. Uh, you know what happens when you assume things, it makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> and I really never swear. I honestly don't. But um, it's a true statement, right? Uh, when you assume things, a lot of times you make assumptions that are not true and it can hurt you in the long run. So question two is an opportunity to kind of take a double take. And then question three how would you react or how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So maybe you feel hurt or betrayed by Paul. You don't trust Paul. Maybe you feel angry. Maybe you shut down and won't make an effort to communicate. There's lots of possibilities. Again, this is not to try to fix anything. It's just to take a beat and look at where you are and how you're feeling in the moment. Um, but then in number four question is kind of where things start changing. Who would you be without this thought? So if you didn't have the belief or the thought that Paul lied to you, um, or I didn't have that belief, I would trust Paul. Our relationship would be happier. I wouldn't feel angry all the time. I would be kinder to Paul and even other people because I wouldn't be holding those negative feelings in. So... I mean, things might be a little happier, right? And then the magic step is actually not a question. It's a turnaround. So now that we've kind of meditated on things, we've got all of the stuff out to look at, we can turn it around. And uh, for me, this is really the magic sauce in the process. You've examined your feelings and you can turn things around and find a higher way to think and maybe see the picture much more clearly. And usually there are several ways to turn it around, not just one. So rather than the statement, Paul lied to me, you can turn it around, I lied to me. So maybe I lied to myself because this is a pattern of behavior that Paul's had for a really long time and I can't change that. Or you could turn it around, I lied to Paul and maybe... I lied to Paul with words or even by omission because I didn't speak up and tell Paul how I was feeling. Um, and that led to Paul thinking things were okay. And we just had kind of a misunderstanding. You know, that happens a lot, I think, especially between men and women. Um, maybe Paul didn't lie to me and I'm making those dang assumptions again, right? Or maybe Paul told me the truth 
and I just really wasn't ready to face the truth yet. And so it was easier for me to think that he was lying than to face that truth. So those turnaround questions, they're really helpful because they can kind of see, especially when you're in an argument with other people, um, you kind of see things from their point of view easily, more easily. Um, and it makes you have a bigger perspective on how things could be. And often you'll find an equal or greater truth from how you're thinking versus what you are believing the other person other person should be doing. Oh goodness, my mouth. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm far from perfect at this, but I know that when we do the work and we ask these questions, it really helps us accept things as they are and we're able to face life head on and then we can truly love what is rather than getting all mixed up with what we think should be. And that allows us to be deliberate and purposeful in how we choose to move forward. When we stop fighting the things we can't change, it gives us so much more power in the things that we can do. I'm, again, so far from perfect at this, but taking the time to ask these questions truly has helped me, and I hope it helps you too. Definitely check out Byron Katie, read her books. They are magical. Try to tackle things from a different perspective, guys. It can really help you live a vibrant life. Take care and have a terrific week.